The following is simply the opinions of two South Carolina citizens. The views expressed herein are not endorsed by any employers, family members, or government employees. This podcast may contain adult language, atypical thinking, and just plain craziness. Be advised that critical thought may be a side effect of exposure to this content. Enjoy the show. Podcast. I'm Mike. Matt is a few minutes out, but we have special guest here, Mike Harvey, who's a registered nurse out in Lexington, correct? Yes. And uh, you are here to talk today with us about uh, medical cannabis, specifically for uh, veteran use. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, mm-hmm. what? Uh, we're just going to jump right in here because Matt typically does all the talking. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what? What? What brought you to uh, realizing that medical cannabis would be good for veterans in particular? All right. So um, I've got a long history in the military. And, of course, with long histories comes medical conditions. And uh, after roughly 38 years of uh, dealing with sleep issues related to the military, depression, and on and on, pain, all the good stuff that we most of us uh, face, I decided to give CBD as an attempt to get off of a drug called Ambien. Mm-hmm. So Ambien, if you don't know, if your uh, listeners don't know, is a sedative hypnotic. Once you take it, you had better be in bed sleeping. Yeah. If you're not asleep, it actually works the opposite, and you stay awake and just aren't clear, you know, clear on what you're doing. So I decided to try CBD as an option to get off this very, very bad drug. And was very surprised to find that I was able to taper off of my Ambien and uh, improve my health. So then, then my research started, and as a nurse, I uh, started attending conferences. Uh, MUSC has a wonderful conference every year on medical cannabis. Uh, attended a uh, class in Pacific, Pacific College, which was uh, eight credit hours. And now I'm working on my master's. Uh, Master's of Science through the University of Maryland, Baltimore, Medical Cannabis Sciences and Therapeutics. All right. So, yeah, specifically with uh, pharmaceuticals, we're typically not big fans uh, around here with that specifically. Um, I have uh, chronic Lyme's, which I know the medical community doesn't like to admit exists, but uh, that's why I started taking uh, another botanical called Kratom. I, I did mess with CBD a little bit. I didn't get a lot of relief from it. Um, but, I mean, there's something, definitely something there with, with CBD in particular. Um, definitely better than becoming dependent on opiates, for sure. Um, I think everybody can agree on that one. But, uh, yeah, that's... Um, how, how did you do with the, the CBD? I mean, you were obviously you were able to get off of Ambien and whatnot. I was able to get off of Ambien. Um, and it wasn't long after that that I actually began using uh, THC. So currently what I use is I use um, a CBD product that's uh, what we consider artisanal, so it's not prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not not cheap stuff. CBD that's quality is not cheap. Yeah. So if you're out there buying it and you're getting it for fifteen dollars, yeah. um, don't want to have your head checked. Right. Um, and then I added a, the illicit market, unfortunately, with South Carolina being a prohibitionist state. So I was able to not only get off an of Ambien, but if if you've served in the military, uh, you find that your primary pain medicine is Motrin 800. Yep, that's the one. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's called Ranger Candy, of course, to, to most of the, the military, especially infantry. Um, and, you know, it's not a bad drug taken in small amounts, but the VA... And the Department of Defense uh, hands it out like candy. Yeah, um, it's horrible for your your uh, GI system too, isn't it? Right? Any ibuprofen? Yes. Any any of the uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, so aspirin, uh, tramadol, anything that's you know has a an, an NSAID base mm-hmm. is going to eat your stomach away at some point. So a Motrin 800 here or there is okay, but I was at a minimum twice a day, yeah. sometimes three, and I did have to go have a, a scope to see how my stomach was doing, and I was told to stop taking the Motrin. Mm-hmm. Now, no other options, of course, were given. Correct. So I got rid of Motrin, which was great, and then I also got off of Omeprazole for um, GI issues. Mm-hmm. I've gotten off of, uh, so I used to take Viagra. Yep. It's interesting how cannabis and Viagra. Do they, do they potentiate each other? or No, you don't need no. Viagra. No, there you, you go. No potential needed <laughs> yep. with good THC products. <laughs> So, you know, there's there's lots of things. Uh, so I've not needed that drug. And then I used to take Vistaril for sleep, which is also another not-so-safe drug to take, except for periodically. But I've got tons of them sitting around. Yeah. So I've been able to get off of five medications thus far. I still do take medicines, but I, I, luckily I'm down to four. And so what I've done is I've, uh, I've like, one of my major drugs is... Uh, Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, so mm-hmm. an antidepressant. I stayed on that, but I also found that the cannabis taken along with it, not necessarily at the same time, but they do benefit each other. Yeah. Um, we uh, in the kratom community, that's actually a lot of people use kratom to get off of SSRIs and mm-hmm. among other things. Um, I mean, you're kind of forced into it because they they potentially aid each other heavily. You also with kratom, you take a lot of potentiators like grapefruit and turmeric. Which can, correct me if I'm wrong, but be lethal with some SSRIs too. Um, well, I guess lethal, lethal would be a hard one to describe. So, if you're taking grapefruits, grapefruit juice with your SSRI, what you are doing is increasing your SSRI levels. So, to a degree, it would be okay, but then you do have issues with um, possibly ending up with what's called serotonin syndrome, which okay. is lethal. Okay. Uh, we were talking about the uh, lower quality CBD being around fifteen dollars. That was just the wild west out there with CBD products a few years ago. Well, it still is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we're getting into that now with like the Delta Eight, Nine, Ten. Yes. The, uh, there's tons of them. I don't even know all of them right now. Um, that's super cool uh, that we have those now. Um, and I haven't had. Uh, I've been. I've been trying the uh, the Delta Eight recently. I can't smoke cannabis. I, I, I puke every time. Like, I don't know what it is, but the Delta 8s I can handle. I've never had a problem with CBD products. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a, there was a while there. I, I remember I paid uh, $1,500 for a liter of what I was told was high-quality CBD. Um, it was not. <laughs> it was not the case. <laughs> I was unable to move it at all. And 
think it's still in our pantry somewhere. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was an interesting time there for a while. But it seems like now you don't really see too many just CBD products um, like available uh, retail wise anymore. Um, but you said you're still you're still using CBD products. Okay, I, I use um, CBD that actually has six other terpenes added, not added naturally in the mm-hmm. plant. So like beta caryophyllene is a, surprisingly, it's actually a agonist. So it affects the same receptor that uh, CBD does, yep. the CD2 receptor. So it, it's a, if you get a good quality product, you can have uh, benefit. What we're seeing is a, a lot of quick work done in back labs to where your medication that you're buying you think is 50 milligrams per yeah. pill or you know milliliter turns out to be less or has pesticides or it has heavy metals anybody that's buying cbd needs to be asking for a third party lab re- uh, report agreed yeah. so i know uh in the, the communities when i was selling kratom they would require us to have all of our own testing done which was not cheap at all no it's um, phenomenally expensive no heavy metals and and that kind of testing that was very reasonable and i, I did those every shipment but uh no, the alkaloid profiles were very expensive, um, and even even with the like the delta eights, I mean, you can still see that uh, inconsistency. Which you'll take one one day and nothing, and then you are laid out the next day. Uh, personally, I don't know. Um, can't speak for everybody, but uh, CBD um, CBD is the same way. I, I found it interesting too. Um, like when CBD got popular, uh, seems like a lot of the vape shops started, kind of got the ball rolling there at health food stores and whatnot. Um, seemed like there was a bit of a misunderstanding of how alkaloids worked uh, and the fact that why THC and cannabis does more is because of that interaction between the CBDs, um, CBDA and whatnot. Synergistically, yes. Yep, yeah. Um, so you are using regular old cannabis now, and uh, you, you said you still use I CBD still, in conjunction with that? Yep. I use okay. CBD as my morning. It, it it helps stimulate my mood in such a way that I'm just more or less a, on an even keel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those type of guys where it doesn't take much to stress me out, mm-hmm. and I can be a real butthole. Yeah. And uh, so this was a way of uh, mellowing my my shroom out, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, and then I use uh, I use THC products to go to sleep at night. Okay, and that's okay. primarily. I mean, every so often I'll take a hit if I'm having a rough day. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I'm one of those that believe it's you know, it's a medicine. I want to use it effectively. Exactly. So, yeah. I think that that goes for just about everything I, mean, yes. I can imagine. Um, even some of these quote harder drugs are. I mean, this is this is me saying this. This is not this is not you, but uh, they're they're safe when used properly um, and when not adulterated with all manner of other things. Um, I mean, Coca Cola, for example. I mean that that was that was a thing back then. Yep. Um, what uh, so specifically here in South Carolina with this this uh, what's your stance on this? What is it? S S one fifty. S one fifty. Senator Davis is the um, senator for here in South Carolina. Um, he's off of uh, 
off the coastline. I can't remember what little city he's in. And then Jill Swing, who is the, the, the one that put together the Compassionate um, ca- um, Care Program here in South Carolina. So yes, I am very pro-medical cannabis. I, I lean two ways on the, on the adult use. While I believe that everybody has a condition in which they are wanting to medicate for, I, I am fearful that coming from the West Coast, we have gone overboard with the adult use. And okay. I, I would like to, I'd love to still see everybody have access, but I want to make sure that it's in a safe, you know, that it's actually been tested and that the person handed to you is not some, you know. Yeah. The problem is that that increases the price of, of cannabis. It so, has gotten crazy out, out towards Colorado. Uh, I remember stopping at a dispensary out there and it was just like, whoa. Um, and, and the, you always hear all those old, uh, reefer madness, uh, era things. Oh, they, they poisoned the, the cannabis and whatnot. And you're going to get it and you're going to die from, but that is a real thing. Uh, in some cases, I mean, they, yeah. they, there are a lot of those, uh, illicit grow operations that are going on where they're using some nasty, nasty chemicals. Um, and not only for humans, but I mean, they're, they're destroying wildlife and, and habitat out west predominantly. Um, but if you want a good product, you're going to end up paying a little bit more for it, too. But I think that there's a lot of room for entrepreneurship and uh, to, to, to grow out here, out, out in the east, too. Um, and I think that that could bring prices down, obviously. But, um, with that one but uh so what's your i I haven't read into s150 too too heavily um i know that they typically when anything government gets involved they like to add in little things here and there to uh to quite frankly enrich a handful of people um have you seen any of that with s150 so when senator davis began this bill oh gosh seven eight nine years ago it was still at that time considered one of the most restrictive bills. However, it had um, needed things in it, such as uh, flour. Mm-hmm. His bill originally had smoking flour, law enforcement, Chief Keel, um, uh, waved his wand, and we can no longer smoke flour because that's how they, they wanted to be able to determine illicit use. And, and you know, they're automatically looking for somebody you know, with smoke in their car. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of other interesting adds to the the bill i don't have a list of them but for instance um the dispensary option was originally built to have a medical person that was available by phone so didn't have to have a nurse practitioner physician or a pharmacist in every uh, facility but that was even fought uh, at the on the last round, go around, and now we have to have a pharmacist mm-hmm. that's going to dispense your cannabis. Okay. Now, while that sounds all well and good, and 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 I am for that, the problem is is that cannabis is still a Schedule One. So if you have a federal license to dispense, that pharmacist is going to be at risk for losing their license. Uh, yeah, I would think that that would not be that would be yeah no they're going to come after you just to keep that down. Um, now, there are alternatives to that. Um, as a nurse, uh, I, I have friends who actually work in Maryland. Maryland's the only state, actually, that I'm aware of that they have brought nurses into some of the clinics. So you, you speak to a nurse 
about health issues and you know what meds you're on and how you plan to take your medicine because it's we all know that cannabis can be taken any number of ways yeah, yeah you can smoke it vape it sublingual swallow there's even vaginal uh, vaginal mm-hmm. and rectal suppositories yep. not recommended yeah. by most but <laughs> they're there i mean if if you're taking oxycontin or t3s or anything you take your pills you got to wait an hour to your out of pain, mm-hmm. you just wasted an hour or two hours of your day. Yeah. If you're a little old lady laying in bed and you're in hurt and in pain, you, you grab your vape, hit your vape a couple times. It's almost instant. Take your medicine that you're going to take either by mouth or under your tongue, and you hit your day. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing good. So, Or like me, I roll over in the middle of the night, can't go back to sleep, and I grab the vape, hit it once or twice, and I'm back to sleep. Yeah. I couldn't do that with any other sleeping med. Can't do that with Benadryl. No. You can't do that Ambien especially. You have the eight hours of sleep left. Yeah. So. No, I mean it, it is just it's an amazing plant. It's an amazing substance. Um, it's done so much for so many people for so long too. I mean this this isn't a new thing. I mean nobody's nobody's saying that, but I mean this plant has been used by by humans and animals, many animals, for thousands and thousands of years, and we're still hung up. I don't even know how to put it. It's just, it's so absurd that we're still so hung up on this plant. Um, I mean, I think that that probably, almost definitely is because of pharmaceutical companies leveraging their their opinions and whatnot on, uh, on politicians. But it's just so clear that it doesn't do any harm effectively. It's it's not the gateway drug that everybody liked to claim it was back in the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they're even still doing that today. To, That's, to today, yeah. <laughs> but and even if you look at the most relevant research on the gateway theory, and I, I brought the information if I need to read it out, but National Institute of Drug Abuse, which is our primary um, opposing force, has clearly stated that although you know if you smoke it heavy in your young adulthood. of us may end up with a cannabis use disorder or what they're calling addiction. You said 9%? 9%. Okay. Now, if you're a 14-year-old child smoking heavily, you raise that to 17%. Okay. And none of us want children smoking pot. Nobody is advocating for that. Nobody (laughs) has. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's thrown against us is you're wanting children to smoke pot. That's not what we want. Nobody's ever said that. Nope. (laughs) And then you move on to the rest of the gateway theory. Um, NIDA goes on to say that marijuana itself, you know, most people that smoke marijuana do not go on to harder drugs. Where we see a lot of the gateway theory stuff is children that are sexually abused are mm-hmm. going to resort to something that covers the pain. Marijuana does it effectively. Yeah. We, you know, we say that it's the number one abused drug. It might be. Um, is it abuse though? If it's being used, if you're using it correctly, is that an abuse? And it's that is a political, legal term. It's yeah. you know, it's. So if I have a headache and I run down to Walmart and I pick up a bottle of Tylenol, now that doctor has not told me to take that Tylenol, am I now abusing? Is that it? abuse? Yeah. According to the police, that would be kind of in the same line. Hmm. But it's, it's legal, despite the fact that it is unbelievably toxic, even. In, in larger doses, of Four course. Four grams of Tylenol is where you start looking at liver failure yeah. risk. 
So that's not a lot. I mean, I mean that's a lot for a pill because what are they? They're two hundred fifty milligram pills, five hundred milligrams. You've got three hundred milligram and five hundred milligrams, and that's where you're. You know, and then you have a couple of drugs that, of course, have Tylenol built into it. Yeah. And many patients aren't told by their physician, okay, you got to stop taking Tylenol. Mm. I'm giving you Tylenol coating. Yeah. So uh, we know that our physicians only get 15, 20 minutes with a patient. Right. You've just asked them what's bothering them. You know, you told them you're going to write them for this drug. There's no time for education. No, no. And, I mean, that's that's a problem. That's a separate problem. Yes. In, in medical care. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody's experienced that. Being, it seems like you're being rushed out of the out of the office. Um, and in an ideal world, and this is just me as a nurse, I, the problem with the pill mill that we have that currently is a, you know, Californian across the United States, that physician doesn't is not your primary care physician in mm-hmm. most cases. So they're just there to collect a couple bucks, yeah. typically 150 to 350 which is a lot of money for most of our patients. Right. They're... They're not sitting down to teach the patient, okay, you can't take this with your current meds. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful. They don't talk to you about cannabis holidays that your body is able to clear. They're not teaching you about drug-drug interactions. And that is one of the biggest downfalls to cannabis with the lack of education to our patients. 60% of the drugs that you take over-the-counter and pharmacy are actually cleared through the same hepatic liver pathway. Mm -hmm. So... If you're taking Tylenol, you're taking Motrin, I'm taking you know blood pressure medicines, all at the same time, those can interact in your in your liver. My physicians have never told me to to watch that. And yeah. I pay great attention to what my doctors say. Um, and I mean, maybe you'd have that that second chance for somebody to speak up when you're picking it up at the pharmacy, and the pharmacist comes over and does a consultation. But I've picked up medication plenty of times without right consultations too. And right now, if you ask them, uh, Mr. Pharmacist, I'm taking this medicine with, with CBD and THC. Mm-hmm. Is there any drug-drug interactions? Yeah. Very few are going to know. Right. Or they're going to tell you just to stop to, to yes. cover their own. Yes. Yeah. Which I can understand. I mean, nobody wants liability for anything. But um, are there any interactions that you know of with, with cannabis products? Yes. With any? There are a lot of product uh, issues. So the biggest ones that we are aware of that could be life-threatening is one is a drug called theophylin, which is used for um, people with breathing conditions. And it's not that the drugs actually interact to make a worse drug, but um, cannabis frequently um, keeps the drug from getting cleared by the liver. Okay. So the other drug is uh, Coumadin or Warfarin, which is a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. So let's say your doctor gives you a 5 milligram tab, and that is to keep your blood levels at a certain um, number. But if you take cannabis at the same time, you actually increase the Warfarin level, yeah. and you're at a higher risk of bleeding. That does not mean you can't take them together. Your doctor, if he's or she's aware, can just make slight changes on your Coumadin levels, allow you to still take your cannabis, mm-hmm. and you actually could benefit the you know hmm. the drug yeah the other ones are just there are tons of drugs that there are basic interactions with but it, what we try to tell our patients um is we we just suggest that you take your drugs that are potential interactions a couple hours apart yeah, separate them so if you're taking something that you know let's say you're taking medicines for depression mm-hmm. take those first that's your, probably your most important and then follow up two hours later and that, that all kind of 
boils back down to that liver, those, those liver enzymes, and, yes. and breaking them down. Uh, what's that? CYP134? Is that the? It's the CYP450s, okay. and 3A4 is 3A4. the prime, is the most abundant uh, metabolizer of most of our drugs. Okay. Sixty percent. And I know because we we got into that with the McCrayden community, and it's the same for uh, cannabis and marijuana. Um, are there? I can't think of this is off topic. Are there many drugs that get metabolized elsewhere in the body? There are another a number of drugs. There are certain drugs which I still don't clinically understand that actually don't get metabolized. They actually mm. excreted virtually unchanged. Mm. Um, and then you have a lot of drugs, not as many as the liver, that go through the kidneys and are, are you know taken care of that way. It's surprisingly that your lungs and your GI tract actually do have a small component of metabolism. Mm. So mm. interesting. And knowing how your drugs are being metabolized uh, is really important because let's say with taking a drug by mouth, cannabis being you know the big one, most of that drug is uh, metabolized and degraded, and you're not even going to get normal full mm-hmm. effects. Now, if you smoke it, yeah, you're getting closer to you know 100. percent Yeah, I know that there's anybody that's ever had an edible, you know, there's a significant difference. Oh god, um, yeah. <laughs> And again, we're back. So if I take uh, a vape, a sublingual, and an edible, mm-hmm. my next eight hours are taken care of. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And the nice thing is, it's not all at once. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I get a little bit of pain relief now, and in two hours, I'll have a little bit of pain relief. Yeah. It's just again back to the, it's a it's a it's a miracle plant. We're we're still here demonizing it. It's so one of the things you'd mentioned um, the marijuana. Reefer Madness back from 1937. I don't know how many of your users have actually looked at the history of cannabis. Have you discussed that before on your? Uh, we we have uh, with uh, a representative from SC Normal. Um, we've had him on the show. We uh, we talked with him about that. But uh, but go on. So as a nurse, I'm looking for FDA approved drugs. Did you know that the FDA has three drugs that are cannabis based that are have been on the market? So what, the big one, Marinol? Marinol, its other name is Dronabinol, and that's from 1985 for HIV and uh, chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting Mm -hmm. and uh, weight loss, along with Sesamet, same year that was came out. And then we all, most of us have heard of Epidiolex from 2018 for the treatment of seizures. So we know that it can be done, and we're getting ready to, to, this research should be starting on a drug called Sativex, which is a one-to-one drug. 2.7 2.7 milligrams of THC and 2.5 of CBD. Okay. But interestingly enough, from 1850 to 1942, the United States Pharmacopeia had cannabis as a primary drug. Hmm. So, so doesn't wouldn't that the whole stance of uh, Schedule One narcotics isn't the the definition that they no scientific benefit whatsoever. No medicinal benefit in there. Um, so wouldn't this disprove that immediately and well, have it removed? One <laughs> would think. One would think, yes. Um, I think I hear uh, Matt. Uh, let's take a quick little break and we'll get back shortly. The Swamp Fox Podcast Network is proud to announce our new sponsor, the Swamp Log Artisans Gallery. An old Bishopville building is a home to a store unlike any you have ever experienced. Gift shop, furniture store, local history museum, and art gallery. It's all of these things. There's an inventory here found nowhere else. 
presented with an opportunity to make a personal connection to heirloom quality pieces that will honor our heritage and enrich your family's lives for generations to come. Here you will carefully select your pieces created by 60 fine woodworkers, artisans, and artists. The backbone of our store is products handmade from lumber, which is sawn from old-growth sinker logs recovered from the muddy, dark bottoms of South Carolina's rivers and swamps. These logs were lost over 125 years ago as they were transported on the waterways and were recovered with scuba equipment. Check them out at www.swamplogartisans.com or visit them at 229 North Main Street in downtown Bishopville, South Carolina. Yeah, man, I'm super excited about the uh, kiln-dried lumber. Mm -hmm. You just buy the rough-cut slabs yeah, and also the paintings. Mm -hmm. Um, No, they've got some really cool stuff. I want to see that. I mean, it's just beautiful framework. And from looking at this brochure, some pretty nice art. Uh, I might go out there today. Are they open today? Yeah. Awesome. So I would love it for Swamp uh, the Swamp Fox Network people to uh, support this company and just let them know where you heard about it. Hey, guys. We're back. I snuck in the back door. <laughs> Been slaving down in the coal mines all day. <laughs> <laughs> Barely made it. Um, thankfully, Caitlin was out in the driveway with food in her car. Yeah. yeah. I grabbed a couple hands full of food. Came in. I skipped dinner, too. I uh, I just wrapped up uh, grilling up some burgers. I better quickly have the kids take them in and rush yeah. over here. But You're definitely not going to get anything to eat when you get home. No, no. It's, I'm sure it's gone by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's continue on with the conversation. I'll try to just fill in when I can and we'll join the conversation. And- we were kind of talking off air about uh, uh, S-150. Um, yeah. You had some questions on it that Mike might be able to answer a little bit better than me. Yeah, I asked, you know, it it, it, came, it got out of the 3M committee with a only three people dissenting, right, right, voting against it, and one of them was um, not my representative anymore. Now that I found out, uh, he's District 52. Vic Dabney voted against it, uh, hmm. which he said he would on our show before yep. we turned the microphones off yep. when he said he would grow it in his backyard. Fixed both areas of the fence? Yes. Okay. What's that from? Thank you. Squirrel. It's a baby squirrel. That was on the set. Wow. Well, the cats brought you a gift. Yeah. The basil was the only one out today, too. Hey, get it, boy. Um, And so now that it's all the way out of the 3M committee, it's going to go for a full house vote. Hopefully, we're hoping this year, because don't they leave? They- yeah, it's not long. It's like April or so. Yeah. End of April, in May, they're gone, I believe. Oh. I really don't think there's any hope this like I said, when it passed the three M committee, I'm pleasantly shocked. <laughs> you know, um, and if they do bring it to a full house vote, I will be I'll be surprised. As well. um, but I hope for the people who can get relief that that you know all the people in the House of Representatives will see like right. you're really fighting a losing battle by keeping this freedom suppressed. I mean, you would think that a lot of these politicians are seeing would be seeing that they're they're on the wrong side of history. I mean, with, with this issue in particular, with so many states legalizing in its various forms. But I know, too, that those pharmaceutical companies are throwing out a lot of money to, yeah. to keep them on their side. Um, There's a pharmaceutical yeah. manufacturer right in Northeast Columbia. Mm-hmm. You know, so that tells you that they're making pills right there. Yep. <laughs> um, I've talked about that place on the air. I built it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the corners we cut um, along the way. <laughs> so if it does pass the House of Representatives, 
it goes to the governor's desk. Check. And you were explaining that process of what your hearing would happen. Yes. So there's one of three options I understand. So, of course, he can just vote it down and just out the door. He could approve it, which we don't expect him to do because he has been so anti-cannabis over the years. Mm-hmm. The last option is just to let it sit on his desk. And if he does that, my understanding is after 30 days, it becomes law. And we think that he will use the, the chicken way. To, the coward's way out. The coward's way out. <laughs> yes. And which he, I mean, he is he's a coward. He really is. And, and it showed with the coronavirus stuff when he came out, you know, um, it, it, we talked about it time and time again on the show. We don't need to get into it again. Yeah. Not a fan of Disaster McMaster. <laughs> um, and it'll probably be the first Democrat I ever voted for in my entire life. This next governor. What do they call it? A gubernatorial Gubernatorial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ever. And I, I voted Republican only a handful of times. So usually I'm Libertarian or Green Party or... I write myself in if I don't <laughs> agree with either of them, anybody. I think I voted for Ralph Nader my first time I was allowed to vote. First time when I was wow. 18. Um, <clears throat> and it was, I remember specifically, they wouldn't let him in the debates. I remember seeing that. I was like, this guy is actually a presidential candidate and you're not even going to let him debate the other two candidates? Nope. So I was like, oh, I'm going to vote for him. That's you know? that's the bad thing about politics. If you don't have money and you don't have what is it, you have to have a percentage of yeah. the voters. To, to, right, and so, that's a significant percentage too. Yeah. So oh yeah, it's, yeah, and then they'll find some other w- way of yeah. well, yeah, because I think you with out the, with I know this is off topic, but like Gary Johnson, he made that number. Yes, like he he yep. he made that. And he should have been on the stage, and they were yep. and the um, whoever was putting on the debate it was like the DNC debate or the RNC. I don't know. Uh, they were just like, no, nah, we're not no, going to let yep, you do yep. it. <laughs> Even yeah. though you met all the requirements. That's not taking care of your people. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know that that's not what they're about. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking today, I was talking with my partner um, at work, and let's say it does pass and it gets signed in the law, S-150. How long would it take for them to build the infrastructure, the the bureaucratic red tape to allow somebody to carry medicinal cannabis in their pharmacy? So the typical statement I've heard is two years. Now, if you look at Georgia, which has had a 5% THC law in place now for, I don't know, four or five years, they keep mm-hmm. having uh, legal lawsuits that, you know, you're not allowing enough growers and so yeah <clears throat> two years and it is a, it is a challenge because you get all those people that have to spend millions and millions of dollars to set up a grow site and then you know mm-hmm. those people are going to be fearful is it you know is it going to be here in 5 years yeah. so yeah do you think the director of sled won't hesitate to let the DEA come in here willy-nilly and just raid you know, growers they're already doing De- it with gas stations and such so yeah. why why wouldn't they DEA is not supposed to be touching state level cannabis that's the one interesting thing that's been hmm. written into the the federal budget the last couple of years they've literally cut the funding for DEA to worry about small time and and we're talking mm-hmm. state you know yeah. that's technically small it's not the cartels moving yeah. 6 tons of well i'm sure they don't sell good stuff but you know. no no we should just abolish the DEA and yeah, we'll fix that problem <laughs> hey i'm going to vote for that one <laughs> cuz it's interesting so 
Going back to history, because unfortunately, if we don't correct the history and we know that our representatives are not getting the history, they're only yes. getting, they get the 1937 version and uh -huh. then they get, if you listen to Dabney, well, I talked to a sheriff in Washington. I'm no. not giving you the name. And no, it's not right. written down. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that crap. So uh, you look at, for instance, did you know that in the United States in 1978, Robert Randall actually got arrested and he sued the federal government for the right to use medical cannabis yes. to treat his glaucoma? So from 1978, Robert Randall received cannabis grown in Mississippi under the National Institute of Drug Abuse. It was then rolled in a farm um, in the Research Triangle Park because that's where all the cigarette people are. Mm -hmm. And then it was sent to him through a pharmacy system. Mm -hmm. I ran out the door. I wanted to bring you the tin because I spent the money to show proof that our government is lying <laughs> to us left and right. <laughs> Now, there is only one person out of that original 13 from the early, late 70s, early 80s, and that is uh, Rosenfeld, Irvin Rosenfeld, who lives in Miami. So from 1982, he has received 300 cannabis cigarettes a month. That's 10 a day. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. From our federal government in a nice little can. I wish that this was a TV broadcast. Right. <laughs> you can't uh, see it. But if you look up Irvin Rosenfeld – You'll see that um, he has been one of the proponents for all these last 30, 40 years going to speak to different people. Um, and interestingly enough, this gentleman is still working. Um, he actually volunteers with children. What? He's not a heroin addict? No, he's not. He never had that great gateway drug. That is hmm. insane. And if you look at his story, this kid was 10 years old when he started having his first uh, – medical issues and he has this disease process where these large tumors grow on his bones and at at like 15 he had to be homeschooled because he was on so many narcotics mm. that he couldn't function so and, and it you know and then you look at 2000 2003 when uh department of health and human services passed or it was received the uh, patent 6630507b1 stating that cannabidiol as an antioxidant and a neuroprotectant. Mm. So here we are, the federal government saying, hey, we we know that this could help prevent strokes or help patients after strokes. Mm -hmm. Or, in in my line of work, our soldiers that have had head injuries, yeah. Yeah. you know, <clears throat> if, if we can give them CBD and help to improve their, their brain, you know, rebuilding, why isn't that occurring? Mm. It's interesting because did you know that the VA does not authorize even FDA-approved Cannabis products. Mm -hmm. As a veteran, I'm screwed. I have no yep. options. Right. And, you know, 40 plus years of military service and I'm still a prisoner in my own country. Yeah, I had, I, I received a head injury, my head injury from a parachute. Uh, well, from the landing, not from jumping. <laughs> it's always, it's hard to say like, yeah, from jumping out of an airplane. Like, it was totally fine. So <laughs> yeah. I hit the ground on the back of my head. But, um, I still had two more jumps I, I had to do. I'm, I'm like, I'm not quitting like yeah i'm dizzy and i can't see straight and you know uh, a lot of soldiers just get these mild traumatic brain injuries or even a, a, a severe one rollovers and they just keep going because they don't want to leave their fellow guys and then they they're not getting they're not getting the treatment they need right then and then later when they say yeah, there's something wrong with my brain. You know, I, my testosterone is way down from, you know, all this, all these issues. They go to the VA and they get handed a grocery bag full of 
opioids and narcotics and, you know, stool softener to, because the opioids and then they can't sleep. So they got sleeping pills and they got pills to wake up. And I've seen it with some of my soldiers when I was in that, you know, the guy wouldn't show up for formation. We knew he took an Ambien. And so we need to go break into his house and get him before he does something crazy, you know, that he has no idea what he's doing. Right. Um, and the fact that you couldn't just eat a little gummy bear and be giggly for a, a little bit, and it would actually do more good for you than that grocery bag of pills. Yes. Um, the, and a it, whole lot less bad. It's like. so insidious. It's and And, you know, we've talked about... Afghanistan and and the rise of the opioid ap- epidemic after the invasion of Afghanistan, like how obvious it is what mm-hmm. happened. We have so you know soldiers and Marines guarding opium fields. Why weren't they? Why didn't they have flamethrowers in their hands burning it down? No kidding, right? Oh, it's a very good reason why. Yeah. You know, and um, people just don't. I, I think people don't want to admit it. They, yeah, just, yeah. they just don't want to admit. Kind of just putting it together government. now, too. Like these are the same guys that uh, you're going to see the, the support support our troops mm-hmm. sticker on the back of their truck. They're the same kind of people that are going to vote against right the medicine to help those guys, mm-hmm. and it's or they'd be totally fine with a veteran getting kicked out and losing his VA, VA benefits yep. because he tested positive on a urinalysis. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the stuff in his urine probably melted the bottom of the cup out. Yeah. You know, um, and it's all. Paid for, bought, and paid for by the taxpayers of America, right. supporting the troops. Um, it's it's really mind-boggling to me. Um, well, luckily, the VA is changing their practices on cannabis. So if you look at the VA.gov website and you go to the, their marijuana information, mm-hmm. they clearly state that if you're in a legal state, um, their only role at that point is just to take down your information so they know – what drugs you're taking in combination with cannabis to decrease drug-drug interactions that you will not lose your VA ratings. But there are no contraindications for cannabis, are there, with other drugs? Yes. Okay. As well, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. So um, as we talked earlier, um, 60% of the drugs that we take, you know, over-the-counter drugs like uh, Tylenol to all the drugs that we take from uh, the pharmacy – of those drugs go through the same metabolism portal in the liver. And so if you have multiple drugs going through at the same time, then you have the likelihood of um, damage to the liver. It's it's typically very mild. Mm. But where you run into problems is if you've got a a patient that's – let's say they're taking Tylenol coating, Mm -hmm. but they're also taking Tylenol – you know, 500 milligram tabs sure. too, but they're also taking four other drugs and we're taking them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then we add in that grapefruit juice we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Oh. There are problems. Now that's, these are all manageable if your healthcare providers will actually sit and talk about cannabis yes. with the patient. However, what do we know? They're completely uneducated. They're completely. Them. So <laughs> I, I met my uh, VA provider via uh, Skype type call the other day. Yeah. And gave the lady a, uh, a shock when I said, I'm a cannabis nurse and we are going to discuss cannabis and I want you, you know, I want you, not that you're going to prescribe it, mm-hmm. but you need to know what I'm taking and why. So she's asking for time to learn first. <laughs> now, what's wrong with med school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but did you know that in med school, less than 10%, I think it's 9% of med schools teach 
cannabis to their their doctors. I'm surprised that it's that much, yeah. quite frankly. Actually. Yes. Yeah. And it's even less for nursing schools where it's seven. So you have these two groups of people that are primary. I mean, you've also got, of course, respiratory therapy and everybody else. But your nurse sits by that bedside eight hours, sometimes 12 hours a day. Oh, yeah. We have no clue for the most part how cannabis is beneficial or not. So everything is can be health, healthy to a point. The question is, is where is it no longer healthy? Sure. Um, I mean, I've, I, when I had my wisdom teeth taken out by the Army, um, when I was like 30, <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, baby, um, they, they prescribed me, they get sent me home with, uh, I think it was like 10 oxycodone pills, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And uh, I have <laughs> never been so high in my life. <laughs> Never in my life. I literally felt like I was floating off the couch towards the ceiling, and then it was just like white haze out into unconsciousness. Um, that it was so incredibly powerful that it scared me. Like I do not want to put this stuff in my body anymore. I'd yeah. rather be in pain than be that high because and it wasn't like I was, you know tripping out and having i had no dreams there was no it was i was literally unconscious like i had been knocked out by a punch and i woke up like what happened where am i strong drugs um and you just gave me a bag of these and sent me home right it's crazy um that's why they gave you those three days a quarter so it's not because they just pulled out your tooth (laughs) you stoned off your ass (laughs) um at that you know i think i could have used cannabis and been totally fine yep you know, Except you couldn't have smoked it. You'd have had it done other rounds. Right. Um, I have. I had Caitlin run to the house. I got my. Um, you mentioned 1937. I got my tax stamp. Awesome. My marijuana tax stamp <laughs> from the United States Internal Revenue Service. Um, this is from South Carolina. Uh, normal, and I also got my. Um, Emerging clinical applications for cannabis and cannabinoids. Oh. Um, it was a really good, really good book. It's yes. super easy to read. And just the little bit, the information that's in here. And if you were to sit down with a doctor and show them this, yes. they would be like, what, what is this? They, they had no idea. And, right. And they would probably get offended and mad at you for trying to, you know, any but this good, was written by doctors. Any, yes. Any good healthcare provider is going to be accepting, should be accepting Outside, even if it's incorrect, yeah. you know, I'm going to jump off a 30-story building because it, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably not a good idea. But let's talk about why. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the marijuana tax stamp, do you know that there's another one that came out a couple of years later? No. So because we're back to history and telling our politicians what idiots you are. Mm-hmm. So in 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act went in effect. And, of course, all hemp was ceased growing in the United States. Yeah. But we know – Hemp was used for clothing, the sails of our ships at that time, the ropes on those ships. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have those products to actually make them. Mm-hmm. So what did we do? Importer. Thank you. We imported from <laughs> Manila, uh, Manila, Philippines, and two other locations. So now World War II starts. And the same product, correct? The yeah. same exact product. Same yeah. Yes. Product, yeah. Low THC. <clears throat> it's called hemp. So, And we've been growing it in the United States since this our first pilgrims landed. Yeah, right. And matter of fact, many of our founding fathers were growers of hemp. So, you know, those were our first cannabis, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, so we we needed to bring in hemp from Manila, Philippines. 
But now those channels were actually blocked. The Department of Agriculture to bring in farmers back into growing hemp in 1942 put out a 17-minute video that explains how beneficial it would be, you the farmer, to grow hemp for your nation to support our country in this war. Is this video available on YouTube anywhere? Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. You may want to just play a bit, some of it someday. Yeah. It is amazing, yes. And then, of course, 1945 or six, that marijuana tax step went away, and it was once again illicit in the United States. So thanks for helping out with the war, yes. farmers. You're all <laughs> yes. in jail now. Go to prison. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how many of them have said, well – I'm going to keep on growing this. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm just, this is good money. I think I'm going to just keep yeah. on growing. And Let's hopefully we'll be back there because it's amazing. We we were talking about, you know, big pharma. Mm -hmm. So the three major groups that we – that has felt blocked hemp growing was big pharma. Mm -hmm. We just came out with, you know, morphine and all the other mm -hmm. good stuff. Um, you had DuPont because they had the new yep. nylon ropes mm -hmm. coming out. Right. So money there. And then we know that hemp can be made into paper yeah, and other right. products. So Which first, I think is the big one first. here yes. in South Carolina, I, honestly. I mean, it's yeah. – uh, pine is massive. How yeah. much – I wonder how many uh, acres of wooded area did he own back in the – I remember hearing a number. Some of it was like ungodly – If he didn't know most of the United States, I would have been surprised. Of yeah. Like full – like a whole entire state's worth of forest yep. that he owned. Yep. And he had the power to – Go to Washington and say, mm -hmm. we need to stop this hemp stuff. Yeah. Because uh, it was when the decorrugator machine came out, right? And it made it easier for to process hemp. hemp. Yes. Because it's so hard. It's really hard to harvest. It's mm -hmm. really difficult to harvest, I should say. Um, and to get the fibers out of it that you need. But then when that machine was invented, he knew he was screwed. So can you uh, – yeah. this is, again, off top. Can you imagine where we would be at now? With with what kind of products and technology we could have no. related related to hemp, if we'd been able to just keep going, like we wouldn't be cutting down as many trees because mm -hmm. we've already proven. I don't have the stats in front of me that how many acres of hemp can actually replace multiple. It's a significant multiple. percentage. Yeah, it's, every year you're coming up with one or two harvests, so it's you could have hail-proof shingles and siding on your house yeah. that would not be damaged by hail. Uh, did you talk about Henry Ford making the no, the not hemp, yet. Yeah, no. the hemp uh, uh, fenders for the car? And he was, there's a video of him beating it with a sledgehammer, mm -hmm. and he couldn't couldn't dent it. Mm. It was made from hemp. Hempcrete is stronger, mm -hmm. yes, more flexible than regular concrete. And I forgot, um, I left my hemp flooring and my hemp wood at home. I meant no. to bring this stuff to show you. <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh, yeah. And then, and that's not even reaching into the medicinal no, aspect. No, it's right. just, yeah. It's just it's the industrial. I mean, they're doing uh, plastics with it now too. Uh, yes, biodegradable plastics and. Uh, well, you think of a company down like down in East over yeah, the International Paper, mm -hmm. right? If they were to change their operation over to making paper out of hemp, their uh, which chemically is not that dissimilar. It wouldn't. It wouldn't take much for them to switch over. Yeah. yeah, their their profit margins would skyrocket. Yeah, skyrocket. And all of these cotton fields around here that are just sitting empty or people just grow cotton because it looks cool or you – know, you know, there's some yeah. people that grow cotton for actual – and they sell it, but uh, they could plant hemp. Yeah, but our – cotton specifically, just to speak to South Carolina here, our cotton is garbage mm -hmm. compared to like Egyptian cotton mm -hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Our hemp would be ideal. We would have apex level hemp. You know what I mean? It would be – 
You, we would be South Carolina would be an uh, agricultural powerhouse. Yes, um, in the country, and um, it's really unfortunate. Evil, I think I would say evil yeah. that law enforcement has the stance that they have on it, just so they can put people in a cage for profits, for money, and confiscate their money, confiscate their vehicles and their home, whatever. It's for profit, and and it's it's so obvious. Um, it's it's just plain evil. Yeah, that's the only. There's no other way to put it. I, I you know, um, your average beat cop. You know, like I was pulled over when I was in high school. We got pulled. We were in St. Louis. We went to a concert, and uh, we were on our way home. We get pulled over. Kids got. We got some one guy's got a little weed in his. You know, we're like 15, 16. Oh, guy's got, the <laughs> guy, he's got a little bag of weed in his underwear. Another dude's got the pipe, you know, but it's St. Louis City cops. They're not stupid. Uh, so, but there was like four of them behind us. And so they pulled us out. They they were like, all right, we're going to break this pipe and dump the weed out on the side of the road. You guys get out of here. We got better. We got more important things to do. No. Right. That, that's St. Louis. There's murders and, mm-hmm. you know, very violent crimes and stuff going on here in South Carolina. It's like they're, they're hunting for people to, you know, it's piracy. (laughs) They're just hunting for people to lock up because it's for sport, for money. And, you know, it really is. They, those guys get off on it. So, and for that Facebook picture. Yeah. Yeah, They want to, they want to pose in front of, you know, in front of a little stack of, but you notice like the, the cash, like Mm -hmm. they want to put the cash out there. That's a big thing too. Um, fan out those ones. Yeah, you got a fan out <laughs> of them. Um, I just saw uh, this is a Darlington County uh, gas station that got popped, um, and they had a bunch of Delta Eight products lined up just like that. Yeah, with like the guys. Ill- like, dude, you know this is legal. Yeah. Like, with but, the guy's pistol right there, just to make yeah. it, just to oh, make he it. He was look, a violent criminal. The, yeah, right. But I guarantee they're going to throw that in the judge. Like it was, you know, committing a felony. With a firearm. To be fair, I think he was selling to minors. I think that's why they got him. Well, whatever. But. <laughs> Semantics. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the tax stamp thing is is wild. You know, it's, it's just a weird thing that came about. And the propaganda push of 1937, you know, with the Reefer Madness movie and the racism behind call, you know, just yes. actually naming it, coming up with the name of marijuana, yes. which – is it, it it just means weed like it's just it just means like uh i forget specifically i looked it up in a mexican or spanish dictionary <clears throat> but it doesn't even mean cannabis no uh they just use it because it sounds insidious and, and because racist. at that point we're very against mexicans coming across right. the border so it was it was a, a good platform That's for that right. and um how do we get past the, i mean it still rings it's still people still believe that it's the devil's lettuce, that it's a gateway drug. You know, you had the D.A.R.E. program you right. know, and all that sort of stuff too. But um, it's really strange how it has held on for all these years. Do you think it's a race thing still? I still do believe it's a race thing. I I mean, why would we have <clears> – if you have a darker skin, you know, if you're black or Mexican, why are they arrested in South Carolina? It's like 3.75 oh, yeah. yeah, times right. more than – me smoking it, being a white boy. Mm-hmm. We're like us, a car full of white kids in St. Louis, and they dumped the weed out yep. and broke the yep. pipe. If we would have been black, I guarantee they would have tore that car apart and, and locked us up. 
you know, and uh, <clears throat> so that I think we, we just got to call it what it is. It is what it is. You know, Vic Dabney speaks out against it because he's speaking out of two sides of his mouth. He says one thing on the on on the podcast mm-hmm. that he's gonna has to support his friends in law enforcement, and they're gonna it's a gateway drug. Blah blah. As soon as we turn the microphone off, he says he would grow it in his in his own backyard and smoke it every day. He says on our podcast, he up and down, he's not a racist and he blah, 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 you know. And then as soon as we turn the cameras off, he drops the N-word three or four times. Or not the cameras, the microphones. Um, it's those type of people that we're fighting, you know. Yes. And it, how do you, you – you're not going to change their minds. Not without appropriate education. But then we're not allowed to educate because nobody wants to put it out. I mean, I can't go sure. to WIS and say I'd like to do a 30-minute, you know, cannabis. Mm-hmm. Right. The best we've seen is the weed – Shows by Dr. Sanjay Gupta off of CNN. Those are the. Yeah, but he's kind of suspect anyway on some other stuff. Like, I can't really trust that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I trust him on the cannabis thing. <clears throat> yes, because he's actually telling you. Yeah, but yes. it's verifiable. Yes. He, yeah. And he was anti originally. That's what I like about oh, him okay. is he came back and said. He came oh. around. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, prior to, I don't remember the year, mid 90s. Before Charlotte Figge. Are you familiar with Charlotte Figge? Mm-mm, no. All right. So Charlotte Figge um, passed away actually a year ago today at 13. When she was when she was born, she's a twin. Her brother um, and her were both normal uh, up to age. I want to say somewhere around age two when she started having seizures. And we're not just talking a seizure here or there. We're talking hours of seizures oh, no. to the point where – Rescue medication. She was on a slew of drugs, just like we talked mm-hmm. about polypharmacy with the vets. So her family decided to uproot, and I do not remember where they were from. They went back to Colorado, mm-hmm. and they met um, the brothers, four brothers that actually ran this company. And they originally, the brothers were not going to deal with a, a, she was five at the time. They were not giving cannabis to a child. Yeah. Yeah. They met her. They gave her, they gave them the first doses. And as the mother describes, they gave her the medicine. She didn't have a seizure that hour. She didn't have a seizure the next hour. She didn't have a seizure the next day. She didn't have a seizure the next day. It was like seven days when she finally had her first seizure, and it was much less in force. So she went for the next, you know, this when she started this, this kid was virtually bedridden. Yeah. But when you see her final shows and when she was age 11, 12, 13, she would have been in COVID time, so that you won't count that. But she was up running around and she was dancing because of CBD. Mm-hmm. Families are having to leave their homes to take care of their children where our politicians and our healthcare providers don't seem to care. That's terrible. I don't think they do. No, I, I many mean, times I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't think about it because, you know, I've dealt with children seizures a lot. There's a lot of kids that have seizures. Yes. A lot. And the parents are very attentive to what their children need. Yes. Um, and they, they're very educated about the seizures. And um, But if somebody were to go see a kid who is actively seizing and the, the, helpless, oh, it's terrifying. the helpless feeling that you have, and then when the seizure stops, that's, that's not the end of it. They no. go into a postictal stage where they're so confused. They're terrified and they're weak, like they've just had the fight of their life, 
you know, and the, the I mean, if you ever had your hands on somebody season, I mean, every muscle in oh, a yeah. body is there's really rock nothing hard. you can do just no. to kind of stand back and hope they don't, you know, hurt themselves. Um, and what's sad is the story with Charlotte Figgy. Her mother had been reading about uh, cannabis and CBD on Facebook and, you know, all mm-hmm. those other yeah. uh, family sites. So the original um, seizure studies were done in 1985 in South America. I believe it was Brazil, uh, along with Spain and Israel, Dr. Rafael Mashulam. So the initial, and these were small trials. These were like 20 kids, maybe. Mm-hmm. So not applicable yeah. to yeah. say this is a fact, yeah. Yeah. but it was enough to say, Hey, look, this could be a There's benefit. Something there well, took thirty years, though, before somebody said, "Hey, let's try make epidiolex." So again, because we can't do research because mm-hmm. this is a Schedule One drug, yeah. and the fear—I mean, you tell somebody that you're that you use cannabis, the first thing out of their mouth is, "You have a bong." Yeah, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> well, yes, but it's none of your. But you know, it's it, everybody using cannabis is is not a. I mean, I use my CBD and that is, unfortunately, it's still cannabis. Sure. It's the mm-hmm. same damn plant. Yeah. I took my 35 milligrams before I came here because I was going to be nervous as hell. You know, <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what eventually got Charlotte Figgy? What, uh, you said she, she died? COVID. Okay. Yeah, it's the okay. Respiratory issues. Gotcha. Um, her body had already been pretty much mangled from years yeah. and years and the drugs that she was on. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's what it was, the drugs. Some of these kids are on three to five different heavy psychotropic. And unfortunately, in any of those conditions, none of these drugs are ever meant to benefit that child. These mm-hmm. are, okay, we know that it works in an adult. We'll right. give it to the damn kid. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. for yeah. the word. No, you're good. You're good on preventive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get very stressed. It's uh, the, the it's, healthcare industry, the, the VA, then my own department of the Army is just oh, yeah. behind the times. Yeah. Yeah, well, with the army, they're war fighting. It's a war fighting machine, and that's all they they're they're focused on. That's really what they should. But they're they have to take care of the soldiers so they can go fight wars. Right, right. Um, I think it falls back on the nation to care for the veterans in the way that they need, because you know, like you were saying, the you know, thank you. For, I don't know how many times people have offered to buy me lunch or pay for my mm-hmm. meals when I was in uniform. So much to the point where I never wore my uniform off off post because I was like, I joined the army to jump out of airplanes and blow shit up. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know you. I don't, I just, you know, but, it, you know, it's just incredibly sad. There's really nothing more you can say about it that these guys sign up thinking they're going to go fight the bad guys. Come to find out they're not even really the bad guys. Yeah. And not only that, when you get home, you're just going to get thrown on the pile of used up meat, you know, yep. like, and you give you some pills and then let you go away. Yep. yep. Um, <clears throat> until what's the, what's the number? Suicides per 22 day. 22 per day. Yeah. One South Carolinian every three days. And I try to lead that with every freaking speech. Yeah. yeah. And if they could just get the medicine that would benefit them, that doesn't cause depression. It doesn't cause you to be, constipated and eat other pills it doesn't cause you to mm-hmm. uh, swell up like a fat sausage or a host of other you know? psychological or issues that come thoughts. yeah yeah they give you yeah medication for suicidal thoughts and that gives you <laughs> so you the number one drug given to most veterans other than you know your opiates is the 
antidepressants, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, yeah. which are only actually effective in 30% of the people. Oh and that's gosh. not forever. That's at least for yeah. that time period. Yeah. So there's that other 70% what's happening to them. As you said, depression right. and suicidal risk is one of the things with those drugs. Mm -hmm. The last SSRI that was approved for use for PTSD is was approved 25 years ago. We've been fighting wars for how oh many freaking years? Well, tw 20 years, 20 plus years. But I've been in the yeah. military while well, I was in for 40 years. I think there were maybe five years in which we weren't visiting somebody oh, yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're always, yes. Yeah. And then you just didn't know about <laughs> what was going on in five years. Yeah, well, you look at Grenada, you look at Panama, you look yeah. at – it's just – Everywhere. Yeah. Always. Or the um, war on drugs. I mean, mm -hmm. why have we had this war on drugs for 80 years when – I would cut that one because you've lost that war. So That's do you want to claim that you lost a war? Right. I'd never do. The United States will never admit. Nope. That reminds me, I was reading up on my Egypt history. Uh, there was a pharaoh and he had, he had never lost a battle. He just kept winning them closer and closer to home. That was how he, <laughs> <laughs> that's how he put it. So. Oh, man. So with Bill, this S-150, I'm not a fan of it. I'm I'm glad that something is being done. It's better than nothing. Uh, my fear is that they're going to vote for it. It'll get approved. Then it'll take another 10, 15 years before they'll even think about taking another <clears throat> bill to widen it. So it's so restrictive. It's, it's yes. only uh, 11 or 12 conditions. Yeah. Can't smoke. And unfortunately, you know, vaping is an option, but having that flower is so embedded because not only can you smoke it, right. but you can make your own edibles. Yes. And a lot of people, that's the only way they can afford to do edibles is because you get the shake, you get the crap that they don't mm -hmm. want. You go home and cook it in your own kitchen, just like you would brownies. Mm -hmm. And it's very beneficial. Absolutely. And at least you know that you're getting a safe cannabis product to make your own, home, you know, own edibles. Right. So, um, in Missouri, where I'm originally from, if you have a medical marijuana card. We won't repeat that, all right? <laughs> it's, it's God's country. <laughs> God forgot it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's why it's called a show me state. Missouri, show me. I don't remember. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, you don't have to come. That's cool. We don't want you there anyway. Um, you, if you have a medical marijuana card, so when they passed the bill, the medical marijuana bill, they also passed another bill. It was the uh, Second Amendment Protection Act. Hmm. So they said people who have a medical cannabis card can still own a firearm. Uh, for federally, the ATF, you know, they'll say, no, you can't own a firearm yeah. if, you, if you use cannabis. Um, Missouri said, well, we're not going to recognize that. Um, they also said you can grow up to six plants in your own oh, property. That'd be nice. Uh, which is just great. Yes. And it's such a, a good common sense law. You go to the doctor, your doctor says, you know, any doctor says, yeah, you, you have a, a condition that you could benefit from the use of cannabis and, you know, uh, you go home and plant some seeds and grow your own right next to your tomatoes, yeah. you know, it, and it's great and you can protect your crop with your firearms still. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but <clears throat> there is a group in, in Missouri trying to get that law overturned, the Second Amendment Protection Act overturned. Guess who it is? Law enforcement? Law enforcement. Or the, the Sheriff's Association of Missouri and the Police Chiefs Association, they're actually suing the state of Missouri and the Attorney General and 
to get this law overturned. Now the attorney general told them to get bent. Like I don't care what you want. This is well, this is the will of the people. We we are the representatives of the right. people, and we voted for this. And that it doesn't matter. Your employees you do your job. I would have no objection if they took away the Second Amendment rights for the use of cannabis, as long as you took it away if you used alcohol, opiates, right. mm-hmm. benzos. Theoretically, if you have depression, you probably SSRIs, shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so that means half your cops are going to be out the door yeah. also. Well, yeah. so, well, 40% of cops mm-hmm. are domestic violence uh, Isn't that abusers. Nice? So, if, yeah. you know, if I were to beat my wife, I, I would get my guns taken away, I guarantee. The Lautenberg Act. Yeah. Uh, when we're on active duty, if you beat your wife, you lose your right to oh, carry yeah. that weapon and you're out, out the door. The military. Yes. Yep. So but, I don't know why. To be fair, though, I mean, we all know how dangerous it is to be around potheads with guns. I mean, they're always gunning everybody down every time. I know. Every you can get the potato a... chips out of their darn Man. hands. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think of all the calls I ran today. How many potheads? Zero. How many alcoholics, by chance? <laughs> or other substances? We had uh, we had alcoholics. We had overdoses. We yeah. had uh, the whole spectrum. Um, psych patients. You know, who are just in hopeless situations. It's yeah. really that, you know, because they closed down two of the big mental hospitals in South Carolina and in Columbia and just put these people out on the streets. Um, literally. 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 That's how it yeah, went. Just be like, we're closing doors. Everybody out. <laughs> you can't have an abortion, but we're just going to let your child run out on the streets later in life. I love it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, it's no easy issue. No. But they could at least let us smoke a plant. That grows in the woods. Wild. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking about or growing. Even, I hear so many people, it's just even beneficial just to work in the soil. Oh, no, yeah. no, that's plants. proven too. Sure. Like, I mean, there's so many bacteria and wild yeasts that, that I'm not going to say eliminate, but definitely help with symptoms of uh, depression mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, just spiritually. Yes. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, growing but there is a physical, measurable difference I, I to that too. Yeah. yeah, that's why, you know. I think we're in an over-sanitized world, for mm-hmm. sure, and I think a lot of people are getting more sick, more severely sick because of the over-sterilization of everything. You know, like when MRSA came out, yep. and but that was after the hospital started sterilizing every surface with Clorox bleach and whatever, the, all these other products. Um, then bacteria is like, oh, I can't live there. I'm going to go somewhere else and mm-hmm. be stronger. <laughs> Can we give our children... Tylenol Motrin for a low grade temperature. So I don't want them to have a temperature. It's only ninety nine point nine. Give me right. a break. There's that or children. Yeah. Wash your hands wash every your five hands minutes. That's yeah. where you know the kids get their early bacteria and they mm-hmm. build up that. Yep. I, I for a long time when I was doing martial arts, I switched my soap to a um, tea tree oil based soap, tea tree oil and aloe, and it it was a it actually left the good bacteria alone. It didn't kill all the bacteria. Your normal flora. Yeah. And um, you would be surprised, like you wouldn't get ringworm from wrestling, you know, wrestling yep. and grappling. And you, you know, all this kind of funguses that got wrestlers get and martial artists get. Um, but if y'all would go home and use Dial antibacterial soap, you know, my skin would have been just yep. disgusting. <laughs> but um, yeah, shout out to Defense Soap. That's great. <laughs> New sponsor. Yeah, they, make they just don't know it. It smells so good, too. I do remember yeah, it was great. Uh, it's expensive. I don't buy it anymore. <laughs> um, so what's next? What's the next step? What do we do? Who do we call? Uh, I'd be calling this? your representative. Mm-hmm. Um, they all need to be bombarded with 
request. Don't bother with Vic Dabney. Just vote for the other guy. <laughs> no, just call him at home constantly. I've got his card. Can I give it to you? I have his personal got, cell phone. We got his number. <laughs> yeah, let's just put that out. Yeah, I did. Actually. <laughs> I'm getting ready. Yeah. Well, he said anybody anybody in my district can call me. I'll I'll answer. He won't answer my phone calls, yeah. but. Well, you um, burned that bridge. No, he burned that <laughs> he bridge. He burned that bridge. Being a racist liar <laughs> bastard. So, um, yeah, so we've got um, – yeah, I don't know when it's going to hit the, the main floor. I'm hoping in the next two, three weeks. I'll check with um, South Carolina Compassionate Care and see it because I know they're tracking it. Yes. Um, it just seems things are moving so quickly. We went from subcommittee to committee in just three days. Just it's just I was super oh, gosh, surprised yeah. it was that fast. Um, I wasn't ready. No. And <clears throat> meanwhile, the states around us, our surrounding states, you know, Virginia, we can count Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia. North Carolina is um, coming soon. I don't think they've passed yet. Virginia's about to go. Oh, yeah, they are. Recreation. And, yeah. Plus, grow your own. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about moving to Virginia. It's very pretty there. <sighs> so. But I feel like Virginia swings so wildly from one direction to the other. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. It's weird. It can go super left wing all the way to super right wing. I'm like, man, can we just be in the middle and just chill out for a minute? Yeah, like, <laughs> one of the things I hate about this this act, um, the South, the S150, is that they are saying that our medical cannabis parameters will not. We will not accept other states' cards. So no reciprocity. No reciprocity, from my understanding. Now that may change. So that tells me that you do not want people coming from other states to come to Myrtle Beach and spend their money. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty dumb. It is pretty dumb. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's and I will admit when I travel to Myrtle Beach, you know, I still travel with my stuff. I'm, mm. you know, if I can't travel, I'm not going anywhere. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, it's, I don't even understand what what's to be gained from that because, like you said, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, a way of the, to restrict it more to to yeah, appease the cops, basically. Everything yeah, they can do to know. restrict it, and a, a lot of the states, you know, look at California, Arizona. Some of these states have thirty and forty conditions, which I I support. That's why the black market is so uh, popular in California because it. The taxes, it's so expensive it to buy expensive. legal cannabis mm -hmm. there. People are like, well, I'm just going to go back yes. to my dealer and get better quality. So I had to ask my daughter what she pays. So she's, I think she said she's paying 77 for a, a quarter ounce. Oh, my God. So, so when you look at it, so now I'm going to apply for a medical uh, card. So now I have to get my card. I believe that's 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. I know that's 50 bucks in Florida, and that's where I based my prices. To go see the doctor is going to be anywhere from 150 to 350. Mm -hmm. So I went with I think I think I went with 150, and then you have a follow up visit six months later, and that's probably about the same. So for that that first quarter ounce of cannabis, which should cost you 77 dollars, which you're still going to pay for, right. you're now paying close to 352. Is and I'm not super at figuring this out, but right. I would would if it wasn't for the fact I was worried about getting bad products that are tainted with mm -hmm. fentanyl and other stuff. I go to black market. I mean, yeah. why waste all that money? <clears throat> well, I think that one of the true entrepreneurs and capitalists in this country are drug dealers. Yeah. Right. And, um, more you can say bootleggers, uh, they, they're, they don't make money by killing their customers. 
What's with the fentanyl again? Yeah, we were talking <laughs> we were about, talking about that with, with right. fentanyl and the cocaine and whatnot. Uh, but didn't right. we come up with it? We thought the government may be doing no, this for to, sure. I mean, that's right. the explanation. That's right. the reality. You, you know, you want to repeat customers. Yeah. These, these people aren't stupid. No. Um, now, if you say, "Hey, man, I want to get some fentanyl in, in my weed," and I, I like that, they're they're definitely going to do it because yeah. they don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> but, but I don't think that's ever happened. That's I never been said before. Who, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. And um. Unless it was a CIA agent. The, the, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, all the overdoses I've worked, all of them, all every single one, it's been dozens. It's been heroin or pills. Um, and, and by that you mean heroin with fentanyl in it? No. And pills? Well, I mean, I didn't wasn't there to do a drug test. Well, no, but I, but but, I just about can guarantee. I mean, it was it was a fentanyl issue more than anything. Um. I'm not here but, uh, trying they, to talk up heroin. They, but. The heroin addicts seek out the most powerful heroin because every time you use heroin, it becomes less um, – you get you don't get as high as the first yeah. time, right? So the first time they get high is the highest they're ever going to be on heroin, and they're constantly chasing that high. So they're going to go say, hey, I want, some, I want some of that fentanyl, and the dealer gives it to them. Yeah. That's it. Nobody's getting shocked and surprised like, oh, my God, there's fentanyl in my heroin. Yeah. This is terrible. See, and that's one of the arguments from uh, law enforcement and, and other loc- you know, people is that cannabis, um, you build a tolerance and you'll be doing more and more and more and more. That's not really the case. It's not really the case. And the interesting thing about cannabis is you can do a, a cannabis holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, it's between three and seven days. You have to find out something else to manage your pain, but mm-hmm. it allows your body to reset um, as you utilize cannabis more and more, especially if you're using it more than you should. Your receptors kind of like downregulate. They yeah. say, hey, there's enough out there. You yeah. don't need me. Um, so you give your body a break mm-hmm. and your body comes back. And sometimes, frequently, we find that our patients use Less mm-hmm. you actually cut down on your dose, which is beneficial. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, you. I know that's <clears throat> that's huge in the the kratom community is because we build up tolerance quickly, um, and yeah, we call them tolerance breaks, the little reset. Yep. Um, and it's a very important part of, of using that substance. Um, what other yeah. substance like could you do that with? I mean, well, all uh, medications we take it's a have the downregulation of receptors. But I don't but know any that you take a pause. You're right. So if you're taking SSRIs and you're like, well, I'm going to take a 30-day break off my SSRIs. <laughs> Get ready <Yeah>. to fucking <laughs> yeah. have a wild ride, man. So I know uh, – you know? have you ever heard of kava? Hmm? Kava? Yeah. So that one, uh, it's like a reverse tolerance thing. Uh, you want to chug basically your first time to bring up your levels. And then after that, you can get by with a smaller amount afterwards. Um, you want to get like a baseline going. Um, that's got some liver issues with it, but, uh, most drugs will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still going strong, especially with the liver. a lot of alcohol. With yes. Well, yeah. But, yeah. But that's the thing too. Kava, Kava is a, hits your GABA receptors. So, I mean, it's, it's doing the same thing effectively. So hmm. you shouldn't need to drink as much right. or at all. That, yeah, that's, that's the goal. If you can decrease your alcohol use with cannabis or any other product, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not going to hurt you. No. We know that alcohol has very, very few benefits. Yeah. Right. A glass of red wine. Yeah, we've shown some benefit, but not that bottle. Maybe like two or three glasses of whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it definitely makes me more pleasant to be around. How funny. <laughs> uh, 
So everybody needs to be calling their, their yes. state rep. Yes. If you don't know who your state rep is, just Google. Like, Just put in a, who is my South Carolina state rep. Ooh, my favorite is if you go to um, Smoke the Vote through Normal. Hey, you put you down your address and it will pull up everybody that is that you could vote for all the way from the uh, federal, uh, the, you know, Senate and stuff, mm-hmm. all the way down to your city commissioners. Great. So that's the easiest way. And then you have the option – um, you can either write them an email. It also mm-hmm. gives them the option to call. Um, and I would suggest, I'm not a big fan of form letters. I, I think that you should, you know, sometimes you have to, if you're yeah. like, I just emailed everybody on the 3M committee subcommittee and, you know, I just use the same one, change names, mm-hmm. but hopefully they're not talking, you yeah. know. Yeah. I may, I emailed, uh, Ralph Norman the other week and asked him to vote yes on the Moore Act. Um, and he, I got an email back. I, I'm sure it wasn't from him because it was actually well written and, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> but basically said it's a gateway drug. You know it's dangerous. We we you know I'm not going to vote for it and that kind of stuff. But thank you very much for your interest in this matter and blah 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 and you know. So in that more act, there was six or seven representatives that voted. Every Republican voted against it. The right. only person for it was a Democrat. And I'm, I'm not, you know, this has been a bipartisan issue for the mm-hmm. most part, but for some reason, the federal Republican side mm-hmm. does not see, cause here this is being, we're being run by the Republicans. This is, yeah. they're who getting this through is pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> All you have to do is look at their sponsors. Look at the people who pay them. Yep. That's how they vote. So and, he, and that's kind of ties in with where I'm going here is I've always been kind of the opinion. With, with effectively anything, but especially marijuana, is that the only thing that's going to solve these problems is time. Yes. Is getting younger people that grew up with it. Yeah. Death to the baby boomers. Right. That's, what I that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> just, much. <laughs> just skirt, just yeah. wipe the earth clean of all the baby boomers and we'll but be okay. I think that's what it's going to take. Um, <laughs> Do you know who your fastest rising group of cannabis users are? Mm-mm. Is it boomers? No, or old, yes. Okay. Us older folks, yeah. 60, well, 50, you're not 60s. A baby boomer, though. You're probably. How old do you think I am? I don't know, 52. <laughs> okay, you're close. No, you said 40 years in the military, uh-huh. right? So I'll be 60 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, baby, baby boomers are like in their 70s now. Okay, I'm close right. to that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm probably just below the cusp. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's. You're like me. You're like, you know, the generation after the. Messed up generation. I, mean, I was born in seventy nine. The people born in early seventies, like what do they call them? Uh, Gen X? No, they're not Gen X. I think you're Gen, 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 Gen X. You're Gen X. Well, we rule. The rest of us are millennials <laughs> over here. Yeah. Um, I'm an older millennial, but it's a strange thing that the time they grew up in, they're now in power, and the people who are, you know, these Republicans are all draft dodgers, and yes, you know that that's a bad thing. Um, honestly, if it's for the right reason, but if you're like, uh, Trump who had, what do you have? Flat feet or something? Yeah. Spurs or something. <laughs> yeah. Spurs. And then, um, Mitt Romney's, he did something too. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it was uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden was playing football at wherever college he, his daddy paid for him to get into. Uh, and he got deferments, uh, because of education. No, it was. Because I think that was one of the primary ways to get out is if you were actively in school. But but he was playing football and it was like some medical ailment. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're they're all scumbags. You can't trust <laughs> any of them. <laughs> really, I'm not. You know. 
specifically with uh, with the VA, is there anything that can be done to kind of push that along? He got five draft deferments for asthma. Asthma. That's asthma. Oh, Jesus. But he was on the football team. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Maybe he was a bench warmer. Well, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> he was a water boy. So with the VA, um, the most important thing to do is, and I realize that as a veteran especially, we're fearful to talk to our healthcare providers, but it is important that we that we clearly state, I use cannabis. And a, and a student. Sorry. I use cannabis and I use it medicinally. I, I don't, you know, you can just to help clear things up. And mm-hmm. um, they are not, like we were talking about earlier, there is no FDA approved cannabis products allowed at the VA, which is just, you're losing 22 a day. Wouldn't it be worth trying just maybe try these other drugs? Yeah. No, they got to make room for the other veterans that they're sending off to these illegal wars. Yeah. So we've got to get rid of some. <laughs> you know, I often wondered if this was a way of getting rid of excess vets that have disability ratings, you know? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. No, I, well, I don't know. I mean, they're just printing <laughs> off money anyways. It doesn't matter. It's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, it's not like yeah. the my, benefits are putting them under. <laughs> like, my favorite um, historical story is... 1955 to 1975 was the Edgewood Aberdeen experiments conducted by the Department of Defense in which they used 250 different chemicals. So mm-hmm. we're talking mustard gas, um, other poisons, LSD, LSD PCP, yeah. and cannabinoids, mm-hmm. not smokable THC, on 6,700 and some odd number of patients. I don't remember the number that were given the cannabinoids, but and it's on the website. It clearly talks about it, so we know it's true. And these were military personnel. These, these were military yes. personnel. Here, take these cannabinoids, or take this LSD, or whatever. But they didn't tell them what it was. They just said take this. It was a, yeah. I mean, they knew that they were in a research project. Yes. So, but interestingly enough, there was absolutely no harm that came from using the cannabinoids. Can't say that about the other stuff, but. And unfortunately, there was no research done on those, you know, other than the fact that, okay, during your time here, we've seen no I- injury to liver. Yeah. 15 years later, they should have still been making follow-ups, yeah, yeah. but well, our government doesn't care that way. What they were trying to do is come up with a way to spray LSD over a population so they could control what they were doing during an invasion. Mm-hmm. That's really what but they were quite doing. the opposite is what actually happens. Well, that's what <laughs> I think that's what like they that. discovered right. with the cannabinoids that yeah. like, Oh man, we can't get this guy to do anything. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he doesn't want to go to war. Anymore. Yeah. Overdoses, we might have been more. What do you mean he doesn't want to go to war anymore? What the hell? <laughs> he loves people. He's got his sea rations. He's just sitting over there by the tree. Yeah. Um, and you can watch the videos. They're, they have uh, movies like uh, they recorded the. L- I think it was the British though that I saw this video. Really? They gave, they dosed these guys with LSD and just let them go through the forest with their rifles on patrol. But they, obviously not loaded. You know, it was a training thing. These guys were just like drop their rifles and just walk <laughs> off and butterflies yeah, and trees and I think they were like this is a horrible idea we didn't make these guys into insane yeah this isn't a super soldier how did the Nazis do it we can't figure it out meth that's how and yet I'm gonna arrest you because you have a joint on you yeah right yeah um, and that's what uh, our friend Jeff Maddox likes to say is rules for thee but not for me that's how the government operates yes you follow our rules you know I mean. Sh- we see it every day, and um, people choose to ignore it. You know that these government, if this, if our government behaved the way they are now, fifty years, sixty, seventy years ago, there would be 
riots in the streets. Yeah. There were literally like people would try to lynch these people, you know, for, you know, and, uh, I don't know. Tar I kind, of, kind of think that they were, it just wasn't as transparent and, and no, yeah, well, they yeah, were they were operating a, the same way. Yeah. yeah. But if, it, if people could have found out about it, if the yeah. internet was around a hundred oh, yeah. years ago, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe, um, yeah. But and we're the going the wrong is, way. The <laughs> internet is the, is the bane of the existence of all governments yeah. worldwide. That's, Especially the police. I love this oh, First yeah. Amendment. Oh, yeah. Audit videos. Yeah. You know? That's where I learned about the Georgia cop that has had his fifth spouse abuse arrest. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Still doing the job. Yeah. yeah. I watched one the other day, uh, a guy that had been planting evidence on people. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was like 300 yep. people. He's yeah. in prison right now. They let all of them out too, didn't they? Uh, they most, the vast most. majority. Um, yeah. They said he wanted, he was trying to get on the narcotics unit. Yep. <laughs> That's the one. So he was trying to like his, bust his His name. dad was like, the, uh, the former. drug buster. Yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah. but he's, he's serving 12 years in prison for ruining the lives of 300 ish people. He really needs to be in general population. Well, he's, yeah, right. General well, he's, he's, life. he's attempting to uh, appeal to get I'm out. I'm sure. So he'll get, get out on parole. Yeah. Again, but if you're an officer, you get – if you're white, you get, get yeah. free. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a – but yes, if you can talk to your VA providers, send your representatives and, and educate yourself and yeah. not utilizing only Facebook. You need to look for you know legitimate sites to where you're getting – Important um, education on cannabis. Right. I think SC Normal is a good is a good normal, source. For yeah, that. the normal yeah. website, SC Normal, um, and they have links to legitimate yes. research the papers. Mm. Um, that's I got a lot of my information for that article I wrote for the uh, Camden Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Um, did my research through them, and the research is really all done. Yes, it's done. People just have to actually accept the facts. Just accept it. You know, this is one case where you could say, you know, the science is pretty much settled on it. Pretty much. I mean, not all the way. We um, know that we know that cannabis is not as hazardous as you've been telling us. Right. What we don't know is all of its benefits. benefits and that's right. because you've restricted yeah, that suppressed access. that for years. Yeah. Traditionally, if you look at research, so it takes between seven and ten years to get a drug from conceptualizing your brain mm-hmm. into the market. And then Millions and millions, if not billions oh, yeah. of dollars. Mm-hmm. So if with cannabis, however, because it's that schedule one, now you've just added three or so years because now you have to have these special permits. Mm-hmm. And there was only one place. And I think it still is the only place to get federally legal research cannabis. You know, now they're trying, you know, we're trying it's to the get- University of Mississippi, right? Yes. Yeah. Since the 1950s. Mm. It's, you know, it's amazing. Um, what I find ridiculous, okay, so it takes seven years to push a drug from somebody thinking about it on the toilet to, right. to it existing uh, for for uh, consumption by, by the public. Cannabis isn't that. Cannabis is a, is a plant that's existed for thousands ever. and thousands of years. So and we've done that research. We know. Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't a pharmaceutical. This doesn't need to be a pharmaceutical. This just needs to have yeah, just leave us government alone. get out of the leave way. Leave it alone. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I know that there's there's hurdles to when you when you go bring government into anything, but uh, That's yeah, it just I, it doesn't need to be that way. <laughs> I was talking with a guy today who was like, "Yeah, we just need to give them their piece of the pie. Like, give them their let them have their tax, and we'll pay the tax." And I was like, "No, no, no." I mean, what? Why would we do that? What's What's the point? It, 
No, because they're not going to give it to us otherwise. You're saying mm-hmm. that form of slavery is preferred over the other form of slavery. Right. In, and it's not right, man. It's not right. Um, but I think that that could be dealt with at a later time. Go ahead and capitulate on this and then we'll go storm the Capitol know, and man. fix the problem later. I don't later. think the IRS <laughs> is uh, too happy about lifting restrictions on tax. No, I'm sure they're not. The federal government. When was the last time they had actually right. eliminated a tax? <laughs> Never. Uh, 1776. More. They'll give you a little break. <laughs> you know, like they're saying, we're going to uh, pause the gas tax. Yeah. Right? Because gas. So I'm like, why don't, if, if you're saying it's such a hardship on people that you need to pause it, how about we just get rid of it? Period. Yeah. Well, my roads. That's why. Right. My roads. Yeah, well, in such great condition. <laughs> right. Our elderly, I think Social Security, a lot of those funds come from that also. So it, it is a. Well, there you go, because well, that's the one the that they like to go to. And we yeah. want to get rid of them anyway. <laughs> so we're killing two birds with one stone here. There you go. <laughs> and that's what they always go after. They always, they always cite the kids and the elderly. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time with everything that's, oh, this this is going to hurt these two groups of people. This is why I we don't know. Have. Elderly, like like I said, is the largest yeah. growing. They're, we're afraid to use cannabis because we've been told it's bad all these years and yeah. we don't want to go to jail. Yeah. But you're handing us 15 different drugs that we right. know, mm-hmm. you know, Patient falls are, are elevated when you give them just about any drug, actually. Yeah. So, I, well, I know my, my grandfather, he's 84 now, um, and he, he just won't take gummies. Like, I, I sent gummies, Delta 8, not even illegal medication, mm-hmm. which in his state, medical is legal, but he won't he won't touch it because yeah, my dad just My dad has sympath- sympathetic nervous system tremors. He shakes like he has... Um, but just a lifetime of indoctrination right. that something is bad. Right. And he is yeah, my, miserable now. My dad's I mean, the same. He's like, oh, I've tried a pop brownie. It, just made, it makes me feel too funny. I'm like, well, you probably ate a little too much, Dad. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, just back it off a little bit. Right. And, but he, you know. We've all been there. Where's, <laughs> it, where's his pain? Uh, it's a prostate thing. Um, yeah. I was going to say, kid. Use CBD cream, but we won't yeah, go there with not. prostate. Yeah, apply that for him, Mike. I think I'd have better luck talking him into smoking it. Smoking it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Here you> Dad. <laughs> what is the uh, what is the process for military healthcare professionals uh, as far as when drugs come to the hospital on a let's say Fort Bragg, right? The, the local military hospital. I don't even know if military installations have hospitals on them mm-hmm. anymore. Um, Bragg still has Womack. We still have a clinic on Jackson. Okay. So as a nurse um, on the floor, does your commanding officer just come to you and say, these are the new, these are the medication we're going to be using for these ailments now? No. Commander has no, no say on what medications you can and can't. Okay. It should. So do you have like drug reps will come and. No. um, No, it's, it's just like normal medicine. Your physician that you're ta- being taken care of in the hospital or at the clinic, you know, should be discussing you, with you what medicines they feel. Yeah. And you should be – if you look at evidence-based practice, it's it's a three-tiered, three-pronged thing. So you've got all the research that's out there. Mm-hmm. Your physician or nurse practitioner should be educated. And then you as a consumer should have education in what you want. Mm-hmm. And those three things should make the decision on – what drugs are right for you. You obviously don't want to give narcotics to somebody that's a long haul truck driver. So we need to find a different option Uh, or a little old lady. You don't want to give something that's going to make her, you know, fall out of bed. Well, I was speaking more about military healthcare 
compared to civilian healthcare. It's not much difference. We I would assume that those reps are going to the Surgeon General and whatnot instead of. We don't have the drug reps coming into hospitals in most hospitals anymore. That yeah. a lot of that's been taken away because we know a lot of doctors were okay. You're gonna you're drug gonna dealers. buy me that trip to yeah, drug, to yeah, they're drug dealers. Yeah. So, and, um, but I, yeah, I was just always curious about that because you know you have a rank. Mm-hmm. As a nurse in a, in a hospital on the military base, and I'm sure your boss is a higher rank, and there's a higher rank than you have like the medical command. It was, you know, and I was wondering, like, I wonder who is going and taking him out to lunch and giving that general, <laughs> a, you know, beach vacation. It shouldn't uh, be occurring in the military. No, I, I would say well, it shouldn't be occurring be. anywhere. But it, I'm no, sure, but it does. it does in the civilian population. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the military, I would be shocked if that was that, but. I wouldn't be shocked, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, wow, they actually admit that that's a practice. But um, I just – I found out the other day, uh, have a friend that is combat med- uh, combat uh, service related. And before he, when he got back, he was admitted for long-term care. And they actually discharged him with dronabinol. It's, so that's – the military using those drugs is odd. I've never seen mm-hmm. that. But it doesn't transfer over to the VA. Mm. But that's insane. That's crazy. They would like the the military medical command is not working in concert with the VA. Dronabinol is a that's is absolutely a cannabis, ridiculous. It's uh, two different derived. formularies. Surprisingly, they are two different entitlements. This is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Dronabinol is a cannabis derived. Yes, drug? it's okay. that one that was uh, that assessment that was approved okay. in 1985. Gotcha. Marinol is the gotcha. So and yeah. those things aren't without their side effects. The synth the, the synthesized or not synthesized, but um. Synthetics. So, synthetics, yeah. Dronabinol is a synthetic, but interestingly enough, it is a mirror picture of THC once you remove all the other crap. Mm-hmm. But because it is a, you're, you're, it's just like if you do shatter or those, mm-hmm. and if you, you're more likely to get a adverse high that you that mm-hmm. you're not happy with. And so marinol, dronabinol, I guess. Just, I mean, that's pulling like, a certain aspect of the chemical out. It's like digitalis and, and belladonna, though. I mean, when you go when you go taking. Uh, ingesting a whole plant, not not the whole plant, but when you take whole medicines, yeah, they they're useful. Purple Fox Club Digitalis will kick your ass, right? Like, <laughs> but if you just had a, a condensed version of just Digitalis, yes, yeah. you've got some issues. Um, of, uh, yeah, when you're using a whole plant, it's THC. just a total different ballgame. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think we know that. Well, again, because everybody thinks that you're just mm-hmm. that's that's your only. You know, you're not using. The plant as you know for sleep because we're using different stuff for sleep than we are for during the day to yep i saw a uh when california legalized it was he was an nypd officer moved to california and he would just eat the flower raw like just eat it yep and uh you get thca yeah and he said this for some reason this works for me i've tried uh, you know and taking it in all these other forms but he just had a jar you know like a a one or a half gallon size mason jar and he would just put a bud in and chew it so thc doesn't come thc until after it's been decarboxylated so when it's on the plant before it's been heated um it's thca and that actually has less psychotrophic. Mm. Um, so as long as you're not heating it up, yeah. so like eating it that way yeah. or making it into gummies um, without as much heat, you if, as long as you don't start changing the chemicals, it just remains the acid form. Right. Well, no, I was looking into how to make Delta-8 from – Delta-8 and 9 from CBDA. Um, fairly simple 
process if you have any understanding of how a lab works. Um, Allegedly. No, it's legal. I mean, is it? But, roughly. <laughs> yeah, so you're taking... Anything's legal in that shed. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just uh, hear that boom? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Mike's house. Everybody on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's just such a safe plant to work with. Yeah. In any way, I mean... Yes, your if you're making up. pot brownies in your kitchen, it's not on the same planet as a meth lab. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, you know, like then, but people think they're both dangerous drugs, and it, and it's to change that mindset is the most frustrating thing in the world to try to part, undertake. It's hard because you're going against eighty years of bullshit. You're going and religion, unfortunately, yeah. plays a huge amount in this palmetto. Mental health, whatever this religious counseling group is. I keep getting text messages from these people. <laughs> I keep blocking them, and then I keep getting text messages from them. Oh, you pissed off somebody, and they added your phone number to a <laughs> Dude, list. Dude, I just sent them like a whole t- <laughs> bunch of cuss words back, like cuss their moms and their grandmas. And, <laughs> you and I'll get along just fine. Uh, um, the the mindset, like, do you think it's going to die off? With in our lifetime, well, yeah, I I think once every state is legal, even if the federal government does not come on board, I think you'll find I I you know that from these other states, you know they've had it now for two, three, four years. Mm -hmm. You know I've driven up to Maryland, which has been legal now for four years. I think I'm not seeing a bunch of pot places Mm -hmm. now. That I'm not going to say the same about the West Coast Mm -hmm. because that's where I'm from and. I don't know. They didn't handle it well. Mm. Um, yeah, they went a little crazy. As, oh, Oregon. As they tend to do. Yeah. Oregon yeah. is insane. Oregon was crazy <laughs> forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because now you can you can use heroin and you don't. it's not mm-hmm. illicit. But they're doing that to not throw you in jail, which yeah. I kind of approve of. I actually heard that's kind of working. Like the, the, the crack. I mean, it's worked crack in foreign and heroin. There's plenty of yes, foreign a lot of countries, countries have done that. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it like where's the where's the big pot place? Um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. There's a South well, American they have their own community. Yeah. They have their own neighborhood of heroin. It's not as glamorous and work, as great as you think it would be, but I mean, they're all in one neighborhood. They're not all over the place. Well, and, yeah. and the streets aren't Shitting littered with bodies streets. either. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, it's <laughs> Vancouver is a nightmare. Um, Seattle is oh yeah horrible. Uh, I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington, and it was a beautiful place, but mm-hmm. you would go down some roads, and I was like, what in the hell is going on here? Yeah. Like, You're Detroit now. <laughs> it is nuts. And this was back in 97. And I went, I've been to Portland and seen the yep. aliens that live there, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, like, like psycho communist anarchists, <laughs> like not the good anarchists either. <laughs> like, uh, you know. Uh, I guess you're the anarcho-communist. Yeah. It was just a weird combination of people. The steampunk, you know, like, <laughs> yep. just strange, which I thought, well, this is cool. This is a place where people can be different and be fine. But, man, they went way too they far. They did. They did. And I hate the fact that Dabney and the rest of them are against the keep, you know, we don't want to be like California and Oregon. Right. You're right. We don't want to be. No. And we're not. We're different. We never would. Southerners be. are a little different. I mean, <gasps> they're very different. Yes. You know, no. we, we look. Typically, well, COVID screwed that up, but, you know, we used to be very social and eye contact and, you know, yeah. pull over to help people. 
Well, yeah. South Carolina is different than Georgia, and it's different than Alabama. It's different than Tennessee, and I just think we're we're wasting a massive opportunity to be at the forefront of an industry that is gonna come forefront. We're number thirty-eight if we pass it. We're not at the forefront mm-hmm. of anything in this state. Well, <laughs> if we start having production-wise hundreds of fields of hemp, yeah. and you know, I think we, I think it could easily be done here in South Carolina. I agree. I think that the uh, the know-how on how to grow in this climate is there. Yeah, we've got some great. Um, we could cut down farmers. probably fifty thousand acres of pine trees. I'd love and that. replace it with hemp, <laughs> and you know increase our profit margins by what what know, gets me kind of uh, specifically with the south here is the hypocrisy i know oh, yeah. coming from a legal state i knew less people that used cannabis in a legal state than i do down here mm-hmm. and meanwhile they want to keep it illegal yet they're doing it it's like There's more money in it if it's illegal I, right. I get that <laughs> i'm not even talking about politicians i'm talking about the people yeah i mean most, yeah, they'll I'd vote say against most people it I while know they're, here. they just smoked a joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's pretty weird. This is a very strange state. It is. We'll get there. Maybe, hopefully, in a couple of years, we'll be able to grow our own. That's what I'm looking forward right. to. So I, my, I'll grow it. I'm not even going to use it. I, I just yeah. it's my, fun to grow. Like my theory about South Carolina is that being a kneeler to the crown is in their DNA. Yeah. That you know, even from. Pre-revolution times, you know, even during the revolution and the Civil War, they were getting help from England, and you know, I think it's in the DNA to just be kneelers. That's what I say. And y'all can there you go. (laughs) There you go, dear listener. (laughs) Especially Camden. All right, my brain is done. I gotta go to sleep. I gotta get up at two thirty in the morning. You got any other Uh, uh, final uh, final thoughts? Not that I can think of. Um, just please call your representatives, yep. and mm-hmm. and if you're a veteran, please be honest with your healthcare providers. Let's let's normalize cannabis. Let's yes. not let them think that you know they can't touch you. And if, if you ever do get shit from anybody, bring it out. And let yeah. let us pro cannabis people yeah. deal with it. It's you know they're not going to take your disability rating. Yeah. The only thing I could be concerned about is if you're getting pain management because that always is a big oh, fuck well, up. Yeah. That's the yeah. big deal. Like yeah. if you're getting pain management from the VA, they do they will test you. And if you have a drug in your system that is not on your prescription list, you're done. Yeah. Here you go, folks. Kratom doesn't show up on most of the tests they're going to be giving you. <laughs> <laughs> I think cocaine only has a, a well, half-life yeah. of like That's what screws this on cannabis. That <laughs> yeah. half-life of 30 and more days yeah. is just... Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. I, what... Is well, psilocybin why, won't why show up on a drug test. Uh, MDMA won't show up on. But a drug you're not test. typically te- like those tests that can hit those kind of things. Like aren't up to like thousands of dollars. They're for, super expensive They're for for a hundred panel test. You're looking at thousands of dollars. Yeah. They're not pay management's not do, running those. I mean, unless they have reason to believe. But go ahead, go ahead, VA or pain management. Really, what they do is they <laughs> test for THC. Yeah. That's all they do. That's what they're after. They're just I testing mean, for opiates, THC, THC and, and, and they're like, and they oh, know you're on the opiates, right? So, yeah. Well, in the military drug tests, they're actually testing first for cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing they look for that pops up. Then, if that pops up, then they look for THC. No, oh, really. So, cannabinoids, even CBD, and every branch oh, yeah. is definitely forbidden. Hmm. No shampoo, no lotions, no. Even nothing. though it's not psychoactive, yep. they're just. 
And so my biggest, my funny, my statement that I like to say is that the VA or the Department of Defense is anti-CBD, anti-hemp. You can have clothing that's mm-hmm. made out of it and you can buy 12 feet of hemp rope and hang yourself. They're yep, good with that. They're good with that. <laughs> yeah. That gets a lot of people paying attention. So, oh, boy. No. I mean, I don't know anybody in the, from the military that doesn't know someone who's killed themselves. Isn't that? That's sad. That that's horrible. Really sad. That's really terrible. And I know guys who have attempted to kill themselves. I know guys who've asked for help because they wanted to kill themselves. And um, the mental health question is massive. Like, how do we deal? How do we deal with it? I, I mean, I think step one would be stop traumatizing our people by sending them off to do horrible things in the name of America mm-hmm. or the American yeah, dollar. It's not really going to benefit this country. No. Yeah. Right. Um, but even, you know, driving through downtown Columbia, you know, the homeless population, you know, there's a massive mental health problem. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We can't just ignore it. Like most people do. They choose right. to just ignore it. But it's only going to get worse. And it, it puts a strain on all of your services. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, except the one because they make money off of those problems. Well, they, I'll Law tell you what they yeah. do with mental health issues. They pass it off to they somebody pass it else. Off, yeah. <laughs> but they um, still get to check that box. Yeah. They made, yeah. saying they were, they were needed. Right. So thank you so much for making the drive out hey, here. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I apologize me. for being late. Oh, you're fine. Um, Mike took it. Yeah. I know he would. If we, uh, do this again, I'll make sure it's a night that I'm not working. Okay. Um, and which you're welcome to come back anytime you want. If anything changes, I'll um, tell you what, when, when it passes, we, we can start discussing because you, you really need to get, have you talked to very many growers? Uh, no, <laughs> but, but you may be in the presence. <laughs> <laughs> so we can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny any conversation I may or may not have had with anybody on any subject regarding cannabis. <laughs> we'll get into that when it passes. All right, that's a fair deal. I'll, I'll bring the blunts. <laughs> you can't have any. No, I cannot. I'm retired. I can smoke all I want. There you go. One day. <laughs> all right, sir. We close every show by asking everybody to open their minds. Don't trust the government, and don't forget that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That's right. Thanks, folks. Thank you. Bye bye.
Thank you.